Crossroad International Church podcast. We're so glad you joined us. It is our prayer that God will use this message to bring comfort to those who are hurting, give hope to those who find themselves in what seems to be a hopeless situation, and to encourage the one who is struggling through a difficult season of life. For more sermon audio, resources, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit CICKuwait.com. We'd love to hear from you. Today I want to talk to you about the church. This, this week and the next two weeks, so for three weeks, we're going to talk about the church. Um, this week it's going to be kind of an overview. Next week we're going to talk about uh, more in detail the local church. The following week we'll talk about the global church. If you didn't realize it, if you profess yourself to be a Christian, you are part of the church. You are a member of the church. There is the local church, what we do here at CIC. This is the local church here, and we are doing ministry here together as the local church. By default, you were adopted into something called the global church. So when there's a win somewhere else in the world for the church, it's a win for us. All right? That's how it works. We are a huge family, the biggest extended family you can find. Uh, Whether you like it or not is the church. And so uh, today we're going to talk a little bit as we start this three weeks about, again, about the church um, just to give you a little bit of foresight, after this series, we're going to go into a family series uh, to include singles. So if you're here and you're single, uh, that'll be included as well. Um, so it'll be some good things there. And then following that, we'll go into a book, back into a book series. So just to kind of give you a little bit of sight, insight where we're headed. Um, do any of you remember when I, I showed a video about a discipleship course called Multiply? Does anybody remember that? Right, and about as many people showed interest in it. So, so what we do here is when you don't sign up for things, we just bring it to you in here because you have, you're forced to sit here. So that's what we're going to do today. So most of this material comes from this uh, curriculum called Multiply uh, by David Platt, Francis Chan. Uh, it's very good. And so if you do want to check it out more in depth, uh, multiplymovement.com is where you can go. And uh, you can look at that. So just to let you know, that's where where some of this is going to be coming from. So as I said, we are a part of the church. We are the church. Many times you hear the church as, hey, I'm going to church. You hear that we are the church. We hear that, you know, uh, you're a member of the church. Oftentimes, you know, we can say we are the body of Christ. We are one body. All right? And... I was going to actually title this sermon called Body Parts, but I didn't know how it would convey across to everybody. So uh, we'll just stick with the church, but life in the church. But you are a member of the body. The reality is, I could take all of my limbs off my body and my head, and I don't, you know, everything could be taken apart, okay? Not, it wouldn't be a pleasurable sight. And I could pile it here, and, and my body would be here. And, in its fullness, correct? It would. But would it be operational? Would it be functional? The only thing that makes a body functional is by it being joined together and operating and moving together. And so when you come here and when you choose, uh, when you uh, were chosen by Christ and you became a Christian and you have now plugged into this local body, you are a member of this church, of this body. And it does not matter if we all sit here in a room together. If we do not move together as a body, we fail. All right? And so I want to I look at this today, and I want to challenge you in that. While we do make a personal decision to follow Jesus Christ, we do not walk out our salvation in private. Okay? We do not walk our, out our salvation in private. Does everybody remember the song, This Little Light of Mine? Remember the second verse, Hide It Under a Bush? No, right? I'm going to let it shine, right? You don't, you don't hide it under a bush. It's supposed to be walked out. You're supposed to show people that you are a Christian. One of the best ways to do that is by community and how you live out your life here in the church. One of the greatest compliments that we see or that we get often is when people come here and they are amazed 
that you can look across this room and see every color and all these nationalities sitting here, but how welcome they feel, how they feel a part of this body, because we have something that the world doesn't have. We have a light to share with people, and one of the greatest ways we do that is by how we treat each other, how we walk out our salvation and our life together with each other, how we bear one another's burdens together. That is a testimony to the world. That is a testimony to people that cannot seem to figure out, even though they come from the same place, from the same creed, from all these things, yet they still fight. But here, we, because of Christ, we have unity. Because of Christ, we have community. If you recall, uh, maybe it's been a few months now, I, I preached a message and I talked about two things. Does anybody remember what those two things were? You don't remember the two things I talked about? I don't know how to give you a clue. Actually, I don't know what message it was either. So, <clears throat> The two things were personal. Thank you, sir. Chris, it's my buddy. Personal responsibility and this side, mutual. I love you guys. Man, you do listen. That's awesome. Personal responsibility, mutual accountability. That summarizes what we do here. You are personally responsible for how you live your life. You're personally responsible for interacting with the Word of God and, 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 and growing in your walk with God. But you're also mutually, we are mutually accountable as a body of believers. Ugh. That's the part I don't ever get an amen on. Okay? Because it, it involves uh, transparency, doesn't it? It involves kind of putting your junk out to somebody. You know, you're just kind of like, ugh, you know, this is my garbage. This is the trash of my life. Here it is. Will you still love me? Will you help me? And that's what the church is supposed to be. Every individual needs to obey Jesus' call to follow, but we cannot follow Jesus as individuals. We can't claim to follow Jesus if we neglect the church he created, the church he died for, and the church he entrusted his mission to. What we do inside the church matters, and we tend a lot of times to equate the church, the church life with events and programs, and this is just simply the wrong view. I think, and I, I'm talking to myself here as well, a lot of times we can see even the service here on Fridays as it's just one more thing to do during the week, right? It's like, yeah, I'm going to get up, I'm going to, on Friday, I got to get up early, I'm going to go to church, and then I've got to pick up my dry cleaning, and then I've got to go get lunch with some friends. It's just like one more to do, right? You don't have to amen. It's, it's true, though. I, I do it as well. We don't see a lot of times, we see it as just another thing, as a program. Our men's meetings, women's meetings, life groups, children's ministry, welcome team, prayer team, music team, sound and media team, and setup team. That's what it takes to make this church function, especially on a Friday. And it's just... It's just, okay, well, for some, it's just the one more thing to do or one more thing I can't do. And I'm not saying that you have to do every single one of those every Friday. But what I'm saying is that we, we have a responsibility to be a part and to do our part in the church. And it's not just an event or a program. This is being the church. For the message today, I want to give you a working definition of the church, okay? This isn't all-inclusive. I know there's other, but just so we can kind of go forward and have sort of the same thought going on. But a working definition today will be the church is a group of redeemed people that live and serve together in such a way that their lives and communities are transformed, okay? All right? It's, it's about being together, serving, and living together. All right, if you are not connected with other Christians, serving and being served, challenging and being challenged, then you are not living as he, God, desires, and the church is not functioning as he intended. In the New Testament, okay, 114 times the term church is mentioned. 114 times. And at least 90 of those refer to specific local gatherings of believers who have banded themselves together for fellowship and mission. Okay, that's, that's how important the church is. That's how central the church is. All right, God intends for every believer to, and follow, or sorry, every follower of Jesus to be a part of such a gathering under the servant leadership of pastors, all right, who shepherd the church for the glory of God. All right, 
God has put, for in this local body, Steve and I are here as, as under-shepherds to Jesus Christ. Okay? This is not our show. This is not our, this is not ours. We're simply stewards of what God's given us, the giftings God's given us, and what he's called us to do. And Steve and I will both tell you we have no problem taking back seat to Jesus. Okay? You know what? It's not ours. This is not ours. You do not belong to me. All right? We're simply put here and asked by God to do a job, and we'll do that. Despite the clear priority that the Bible puts all right, on believers being part of the local church, many of us try to live Christian life apart from serious personal commitment to a local church, and here are a few reasons. Number one, we're self-reliant and self-sufficient. Right? Society today, it's, it's all about being strong, right? I don't need your help. I'll do it myself. Uh, anytime you show that you need help with something, it's really a sign of weakness in a lot of settings. Oh, so you can't handle it. But yet, you know, as Christians, we are supposed to look to others. We're supposed to share our life with others and our weaknesses so that we can get help. Because here's the reality. Everybody needs help. People just become really good at covering it. Or they overcompensate with like a super aggressive attitude. You know any of those people? And most of the time, like the weakness is glaring in your face. It's just, but they can't see it in their own glory. Right? We need help. Another reason is that we are afraid of biblical, mutual interdependence, submission, and accountability. And this is what I hit on a little bit earlier. It's, it's biblical, but yet we're afraid. Of it. it's, it's scary. It's scary. It's scary to, to put your mask down, to come in and not have it all together. You know, kids help you with that a little bit. Because <laughs> when it's your kid that's acting that way, you know, and you're like, all right. Or they repeat something you said. Yep. Amen. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, but that's a lot of times we're afraid of that. It's not natural for us. It's not natural for us to put it all out there. Another reason we're indecisive. We have too many choices in our life today. You can have anything, pretty much anytime, anywhere. It's, it's just, you have choices. You go, you know, back in the day, you would go to get milk or to get cereal, and there's like three boxes of cereal, three brands, and that's it. Now you go down, there's a cereal aisle, you know, longer than... Who knows what? I mean, you can't even see the end of it, and you have all these choices. And so a lot of times we're just indecisive, and we're looking for a perfect place and a perfect people to fit in, right? This also, uh, there's people that we label as church hopping. Anybody familiar with that? Not that you've done it, but you've heard that term. Church hopping. So this usually takes place typically when somebody sits too long at a place and they, they actually start entering into this where people find out things about them and try to get involved in their life. They're like, whoa, back up. And then it gets too much, and so then they just go somewhere and they start all over as a stranger and they, there's no accountability. They can slip in and out with nobody saying anything about it. Another reason, and a legitimate one that's, that's hard, is that maybe you've been hurt in the past by the church. And it's a natural tendency to just stay kind of on the outside looking in. And finally, we fail to see the importance of being specifically connected to the local church. And that's something we're going to get into today. All right, so the Bible says that the local church is important, and here's why. All right, number one, God has commanded us to gather together in local assemblies where we preach God's word, celebrate the Lord's Supper, baptize new believers, and pray for the encouraged and, and encourage one another. All right, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. All right? And in Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, it says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. All right, this is why it's important for us here at CIC that when we get together, we preach God's word, we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we baptize new believers, and we pray for and encourage each other. If you ever go to a church and you do not find those happening on a regular basis, 
there should be a red flag that goes up. Okay? This is, these are marks of what the church is, and, and, and God has commanded us to do this. All right? And it says in, in Acts there, what I mentioned, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Breaking of bread there, you know, you, one way is the Lord's Supper, but also breaking bread is just sharing a meal with people. There's something, I mean, you look throughout the Bible, and what did Jesus often spent much time sitting with people eating? Okay? It's not just an act to, to fill your stomach. There's something about sitting with someone across the table and sharing a meal with them. There's something very special about that. And so, you know, we need to be spending time with each other around a meal. Typically, that would be in your home or something. You know, invite people. Show yourself friendly, and we interact with each other. Because that's really, where do you hear about people and their struggles? Where do you hear about those types of things would be in their home or at your home, you know, spending time together in that setting. Another reason the Bible says the local church is important it says that God has entrusted local churches with godly leaders who teach his word and care for our souls. All right? Hebrews 13, 17, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for, what, for that would be of no advantage to you. I remember in the... In the military, one thing I, I greatly appreciated about the military is, is rank, all right? Why do, what do I mean by that? What I, I like is that when I walk up to a person, their rank, and when I was in, it was on their collar, now it's here, but, you know, their rank was right there. So we knew very quickly kind of where things were, you know, and if we were the same rank, they even would ask, like, so if people are looking for, some, they're looking for someone in charge, They'll say, what's your date of rank? So they'll actually get down to like what month you were promoted to that rank, and then that would sort of figure out. So there's always a rank structure, and that's why it works out really good because there's never a question of, okay, so you've got this right now, and, and so you're in charge. With us as, again, Steve and I as pastors, I don't know that, I don't know how Steve feels. I don't want to speak for you, but maybe you'll amen or say okay. <laughs> we... I don't know that this would have been my first choice to be a pastor. And what do I mean by that? I get joy out of being a pastor because it's what God has called me to do. That's why I do it. I love all of you. Most of you. No, I love all of you. <laughs> I love all of you. Love's not an emotion. It's a choice sometimes. Um, but I, I, love, I love all of you. And, but I, I love Jesus even more. I love that there's something about, and whatever it is that you do, it's not that being a pastor is somehow more holy or more important than what you do. It's what has God called you to do. It's about being obedient to what God's called you to do. And so frankly, Steve and I are just answering the call that God has put onto our lives, and we're being obedient to our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I want you to understand that in the sense that we'll never stand up here and beat our chest and say, oh, we're in charge, and you do this and you do that. If I come to you and ask you to do something, or if I come and point something out that I've noticed, it's not out of like some like, you know, uh, what do you call it, prideful sort of positional thing. It's because I care about you, and it's because I, I'm, I'm, I want to fulfill my call as being a pastor. And like the word says, it's very sobering for me. Um, and it says, and I have to give an account. Let that sink in for a second. Be glad you're sitting there. Okay? I have to give an account. Steve has to give an account. Everything we say and do in this place, we have to give an account for before God. And that's sobering. <laughs> So don't think for a minute that either of us take this position lightly. It's simply what God has called us to. It's not, we're not better than you. It's much like, you know, the word of God says, how the husband is the head of the home. Well, again, Christ says that we're, the husband's supposed to love our wives as Christ loved the church. Let me put it out to you. If you didn't know, Jesus died for his church. So as a husband, 
the head of our home, we are supposed to love our wives in such a way that we literally are willing to lay our life down for them and to care for our children. So much the same as a pastor, we care for you, the people, and we love you, and we're here really to lay our lives down for you. Another way, another place, or how the Bible says the local church is important, is that God has united us together in local churches to keep one another from sinning and from straying away from Christ. Galatians 6, 1 through 5 says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual, restore him to a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Here it is. Bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. Okay? We are supposed to bear one another's burdens. We're supposed to bear one another's burdens. I cannot help you to bear something, meaning I can't help you carry whatever it is you're carrying if you do not let me know. Now, at times, the Holy Spirit will reveal things to people about someone and give insight because God loves you. But if you are struggling with something, I've said this before, please do not wait till you are in a place of crisis to come talk or to come get help. Because, again, oftentimes, sadly, you, you come into a situation only when it's blown up and there's pieces everywhere. If you are here this morning and you are struggling in your marriage, if you are here this morning and you're struggling in your walk with God, if you're here this morning and you're contemplating ending your life or something like that, you need to speak to somebody now. And it's not easy. If you're not comfortable with Pastor Steve and I, then find someone else that's solid, that's, that you know is, is a believer, that walks close to God, and, let's, and talk. Pray. Because nothing is going to change. If you could have fixed it, it would have been fixed by now. And now, yeah, let me tell you, there is, there is power in the Word of God. There's, that's ultimately where change comes from. And, and you have that, it's at, there at your fingertips. However, there are times in your life, there, let me just, there have been times in my life where I've needed help. Okay? There are times when I had to put my pride down, and I had to go to someone and say, listen, I can't do this on my own anymore. I'm failing. And I just want to encourage you, if you're sitting here today, I don't care what it is, if I didn't mention it or not, if you're sitting here today and you're struggling, there are people in this room, a lot of people in this room. I look around this room and I see many wonderful people, followers of Christ that love to just get involved and to help. There are people ready today to walk with you and to journey with you. And sometimes we need it. And it's not anything to be embarrassed about. Bearing one another's burdens. Again, Pastor Steve, I think, mentioned even last week, he mentions it often. A pastor's job is not to do all the ministry in a church, but to equip the saints for the work of ministry, all right, for building up the body of Christ, Ephesians 4.12. Listen, Steve, sorry, I'm speaking for us a lot today. I hope it's okay. But Steve and I, we are not special people. I do not have a red phone in my house, a hotline to heaven, like, oh, so your prayers weren't getting, th- let me, let me just settle down here. Yes, uh, God, yeah, this is, this is Dell, Pastor, CIC, Kuwait. I got an issue here, uh, apparently they're not going to be able to get through, I know our communication line's good to go, so we're all clear. Okay, prepare to receive transmission, and go. It's not like that, okay, it's not like some sort of, I don't have that. <laughs> I'm a, again, I put my pants on one leg at a time, like most of you. All right? Unless you don't wear pants, then that's another whole problem. But we're not, we're not special in that way. Yes, God has equipped us as pastors, and sure, what helps us a lot is because we've seen a lot. We've had a front row seat to, like, you know, a train wreck in slow motion many times in people's lives, but it's okay. 
we walk through people, and we go through the hurt, and we go through the pain, so it's fine. But there's nothing, we're supposed to bear one another's burdens. That's my point here. It's not just the pastors. You are equipped to do ministry with other people. When it comes to helping people, we often address surface-level problems but never get down to the heart of the matter. Okay? We, um, we, wanna, we always want a quick solution, don't we? And so when we come to uh, this place of helping one another, we, we have to understand that, that it's really about getting down to what's at the heart of it. All right? What's at the heart of it? In Mark 7, verses 18 through 23, it says, There is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him. But the things that come out of a person are what defile him. And when he had entered the house and left the people, his disciples asked him about the parable. All right, this was Jesus speaking. And he said to them, then are you also without understanding? And then he explains, do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him since it enters not his heart, but his stomach and is expelled? Thus he declared all foods clean. And he said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of a man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within. They defile a person. So, again, our job, and when we, when we get with somebody to, to journey with them through a difficult situation, we don't, it's, it's not, the focus isn't on us, on our credentials, all right? And that's where I think that we, we uh, discredit ourselves and we don't get involved a lot of times. Why? Because we don't have like a psychology degree or we haven't been trained properly on how to, to minister. It's really about the word of God, prayer, and allowing something to happen here in the person's heart because that's where the source is. Okay, all those things, where does it come from? Outside or inside? It comes from inside, all right? From inside. If you are drinking water and you pour it in your glass and you smell it and it smells really bad, maybe like sewer water, you don't replace the faucet, okay? You have to figure out where the source is. And if that source is hooked to a sewer <laughs> and you're drinking water from the sewer, a faucet is not going to fix the problem, is it? You can get the prettiest, shiniest faucet, state-of-the-art that you could imagine, but it's not going to fix the problem. The problem is here. Okay, so what do I mean by that? If you are an angry person and you lose your temper because somebody cuts you off, as we so often refer to because we're familiar with it, or somebody says the wrong thing, it's, the problem is not what that person said. The problem is not the traffic. There's a problem here that you're struggling with that you haven't dealt with that's bring, coming out in the form of anger. All right? And the only thing that's going to fix that, I mean, we could uh, tie you up and put you in a room by yourself, but I'm pretty sure you would get angry in there too, wouldn't you? Right? So it's not, a, it's not something outside, is it? It's something here. You would get angry. And so there are, there are heart issues that need to be dealt with, and that, again, is through the Word of God. The gospel is not merely about getting us saved. As if we simply pray a prayer and, and are immediately transported into heaven. All right, God describes salvation and the transformation of the Christian life like this. Ezekiel 26. And I will give you a new heart... And a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And here it is, 27, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Have you ever thought of that before? Like, how great would it be when we say, you know, yes to Jesus, why can't we just go to heaven, right? We got the ticket. Can we just come in the park yet? I mean, you know, ride the ride or what? It's, it would be great. You're saved. Okay, boom. So why is it that we're left here on earth to walk out our life? 
Is it for ourselves? In one sense, you know, we're becoming more like Christ. I understand that, but wouldn't, that be, wouldn't it be easier to do that in heaven? Can I get an amen on that one? <laughs> Thank you. Me and Dave will go to heaven. And uh, <laughs> you guys can finish it out here. <laughs> go team. No, I mean, it would, wouldn't it be much easier, right? Just to, just, okay, you're saved. Good. Let's get out of here. So why are we left here? I think part of it, or maybe all of it, there's a reason, you know, that we're called the salt of the earth. You see, there's a lost and dying world here. There are people that do not know Jesus. There are people dying every few seconds in this world that don't know who Christ is as their Lord and Savior. There are people that you see nearly every day of the week in your workplace, at the grocery store, maybe even at church, (laughs) that don't know who Jesus is. And are we being sensitive? Do we realize that we have a role in that, that we have an opportunity to share with people the good news of the gospel? But to, to discredit the gospel in the sense of that it's just the initial work, that's, that's part of it, but it's a continuing work. We're continually being transformed. The good news is that God has acted in the person of Jesus Christ through his death, life, and resurrection, we are transformed and made new. All right? Our problem lies at the core of our being, but God transforms our hearts. God literally places his spirit within us and changes us from the inside out. How awesome is that? I mean, is there a greater love? You know, It's like, listen, you can't do it on your own. Let me help you. And so he climbs up inside us and settles in, and then he's like, let me just do this. But how many times do we sit there and fight him like the whole way, right? Like, no, I don't want my arm to go up there, you know? He's like, just let me do this. I've got it. We need to just really turn our lives over and allow the Spirit of God to transform us. The power to transform hearts and to change lives comes from the Holy Spirit, all right? John 6, 63, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I've spoken to you are spirit and life. So from the Holy Spirit, it comes through the Word of God, 2 Timothy two sixteen and 17, but avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their walk will spread like their talk will spread like gangrene. As we pray passionately for their hearts to change, there is power. We cannot remove the lust from another's person's another person's heart by our own efforts, but we have the Spirit of God working through us, and through the gospel, people can be set free from the enslaving power of sin. And through the gospel, we are actually empowered to uproot sin in our hearts, and live in a way that pleases God. All right? There's no excuse. I mean, yes, we struggle. There's, it's not, it's, it's not uh, foreign. We are going to experience difficult things. We are going, our flesh can sometimes rear up. But don't ever think that it's impossible, because it's not. No matter how many times it takes, you keep coming back and dealing with it, because you've been empowered to do so. So the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, and finally through prayer. James 5, 16 through 20. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Do you ever just think about that? Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Verse 19. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that... Whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Listen, bearing each other's burdens, all right, it's not easy. Probably most of you sitting here in this room can sit there and probably think of at least five things that you're dealing with right now in your life. You probably have enough on your plate to deal with, right? So I understand that it's not easy. It's not convenient. But also, church, it's not optional. It's not optional to bear someone else's burdens. 
If you've heard nothing that I've said so far, you need to understand that the Bible is very clear that we are to bear one another's burdens. And are you doing that today? Are we doing that as a church? And if you're in this place and you've ever felt overlooked or that you've come and tried to talk to one of the pastors and we've not fully engaged, I, I just say, I, I apologize. I'm really sorry. You know, I'm, I'm a person and Pastor Steve's a person. It's not intentional. But please don't let that keep you from coming back. Because there's been times in my life <laughs> when things weren't pretty and I would do all but kick down. I would be like that stalker, you know, with the pastor. Please don't do it like <laughs> quite like I did. But, you know, but I'd always, every opportunity I get, you know, I'm like, hey, are you free for lunch? Or can we get coffee? Or, you know, wait for him in the parking lot, uh, buy his car. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, if you're desperate enough, right, if you want to get something worked out, or, or if there's someone else in here that you need that, pursue them. So many times, you know, we wait for, like, somebody to come find us, you know, and are you okay? I noticed that you have a grumpy face on today. How's it going? What's wrong? And, you know, and they have to like dig and pull out like a, a spiritual backhoe to like kind of dig down and finally find what's wrong. Just save us the time and just throw it out there and say, yeah, this is what's up. This is what's going on. I need help. And all right. I promise you, I mean, Steve and I, we, we talk a little bit, and, and there's not a lot of things that surprise us anymore. Because people got problems. People have problems. We all have some issues, stuff that you wouldn't even imagine. And a lot of times, you think your problem is bad, and, and it, not taking anything away from it, but there's there's people in far worse cases, I promise you. So get your dirty laundry out there, throw it out, and let's get it cleaned up. Let God do what he does. God intends for his church to be a united body, not a cluster of isolated individuals. He has empowered us to bring truth and transformation into the lives of the people around us, not to be satisfied with handing out books and warm wishes. This is a direct quote from the, the Multiply series, and I love that last line because it's so true. We're not to be satisfied with handing out books and warm wishes. This is, that was convicting to me. Because I got a lot of books, and it is. It's like, okay, what's your problem? Okay, here, read this. Uh, and then take two of these, call me in the morning, we'll be good. Because it's easy, right? There's no, I don't have to get dirty or messy that way. Your problem or your issue, the thing you're struggling with, doesn't have to weigh me down. And listen, there are people in here in this place, some of you, and you know who you are. I mean, I, I pray in general for all of you, but there are those that have shared specific things, and I'm praying for you. What does that mean? That means I'm bearing your burden with you. I hurt when you hurt. There are people in this room that know things about me right now, and you're bearing my burden with me. You've seen struggle, but we're walking through it, and I am grateful for that. And so even as a pastor, I need people in my life that bear my burdens as well. And if I'm not above that, you're not above that, we all just need to, to remember this. Time goes so quickly. God has placed us in our unique situation because he wants us to minister and with other Christians he has placed around us. Ephesians 4, 15 and 16. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint and which it is equipped. When each part, listen to this, when each part is working properly, the, uh, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Okay, Each part has to be working properly. doesn't mean that we're all the same. It just means that we all have a responsibility. And if you're not active in the church, you are hurting your brothers and sisters. God has placed gifts in you. God has given you gifts to share with the body of Christ. And if you are not active in this body, we are, we are at a disadvantage. It's not by chance that you're sitting here at the Symphony-style hotel, the ninth floor, looking out across the gulf, 
in this place today, it is not by chance. God has brought you to this place. And the beautiful thing about how this works is that while you minister to other people, you find yourself being ministered to. When I preach a message up here, and I pray that by the Holy Spirit, I pray that even a part of it is ministering to you today. If that's happening, that's great. But I promise you, me doing this right now, I'm being ministered to by God. There are things that I will say that maybe aren't in my notes that God puts on my heart that ministers to me. So you're ministered to as you're ministering to others. Does that make sense? If, you don't, if, you just, if you're not giving out, it's kind of like, you know, you have this certain amount of space that gets full. If it doesn't flow out, what happens if it sits for a long time? Thank you. It becomes stagnant. And are you feeling stagnant today? God, why aren't you speaking to me? God, where are the days of old when I just sensed your presence and it just was so easy, but now the ceiling is like, you know, solid steel and I can't seem to connect with you. Well, my question to you would be, are you giving anything right now to somebody else other than yourself? Are you ministering to somebody? Have you availed yourself in prayer and it's, it's okay if, if you're not, I mean, then fix it. Because <laughs> we all sort of, we can be selfish people. It's by nature, most of us are selfish. We want comfort and we think about ourselves more than others. But if you're in that place today where it's stagnant, then this is probably full because it's not flowing out. What are you giving to others today? We have a part to play in God's plan of redemption. It won't always be fun, but we must be faithful to God's calling. And then only after all of this, all the stuff we've been talking about, right? Bearing each other's burdens, all these things, what the church is, how we're functioning, how we're acting, okay? Then, and only then, all right, we're able to go out and scatter. And we can care for both our other believers, but also to share the gospel with unbelievers, all right, Acts 2, 42 through 47, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, keyword fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day, attending the temple together... And breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Okay? Our, it's great when, when Christians find us here in Kuwait. It's, it's, it's good. You know, because especially Kuwait always coming in and out. So you have people that come here and they're, they're believers and they're just looking for a place to worship together with other believers. That's great. That's good. But the kind of growth that Pastor, and I, Pastor Steve and I would love to see and then want to continue to see is people that are becoming saved and coming into this church. Whether it's through your life group, they start there, or whether it's at your job or your one-on-one, -on -one, but when they get saved and you know, you're a part of that, Bring them to church. Let them get plugged into the body of Christ. That's the kind of, of, of adding and growing we want to see here. All these beautiful, clear plastic chairs we want to see filled. I don't want to see diamond stud pads anymore. I want a, a rear end in each one. And just fill this whole place. Not just with, new, new Christ, like with Christians that just came here new, but, but people that have just come to the faith. All right? So lastly, ministry shouldn't be intimidating. Do you know people who struggle with sin? Do you know people who are carrying burdens? If so, then your first steps towards ministry are easy. You ready? Two words. Help them. Help them. Some of the most profound times in my life that I've ever experienced the love of Christ is when I'm going through something or we're going, my wife and I or our family's going through something 
And somebody just does something. Something. Rahel, can I use you as an example? You can just stay there. She, she brought, you brought a sausage. Remember that? That, yeah, you remember? I still remember. <laughs> she went on a trip back home and she knows we hadn't left the country for a while. And so she brought us this, this gift of sausage. Like, I didn't ask her to do that. I didn't think about like, hey, Rahel, while you're gone, could you pick us up a chunk of sausage? It didn't cross my mind. But she showed up with it and we're at the thing and she's like, hey, here's some sausage. I'm like, hey, thanks. The body of Christ is awesome. Can I have some sausage and cheese and crackers tonight? But it, it, I mean, I don't know how much it cost. Maybe it was super expensive, but I mean, I don't think it was a huge investment, but it was like amazing investment here. Just a small thing. Just stopping to care for people. That's all, that's all we got to do. Help. We are called to encourage, challenge, and help the other Christians in our life, and they are called to do the same for us. Abiel, can you guys come up, please, the worship team? We are called to encourage, challenge, and help the other Christians in our life. All right? Encourage is great. Helping is great, but also challenge. All right? There are men in this room who I speak to on a regular basis who challenge me to go deeper in my walk with God, to get rid of junk in my life, and if you do not have people like that in your life, you need them. Okay? You need them. You need to be challenged. All right? Many of us are waiting until all of our issues are gone before we help others. And I'm here to tell you, a big bright news flash for you, it's never going to happen. There will always be another issue. There will always be another thing that you have to take care of. For some of us, it's excuses <laughs> to just not act. But for others, it's just, we have to realize that it's, it's through our imperfection. I mean, we are imperfect people. And I don't know about you, I don't want a perfect person talking to me. <laughs> I don't. I want somebody with problems. I want somebody with flaws. Because why? Because I'm like, okay, you understand what I'm going through. And this, this idea of waiting until all of our issues are gone is a trap that millions have fallen into. Not realizing that our own sanctification happens as we minister to other people. Oftentimes, when I'm praying with somebody or I'm, I'm, I'm going through a hard time with somebody and we're journeying together, it makes me reflect on my own life. If there's a marriage that's struggling, then I go home to my wife. I'm like, do we, do we, are we okay here? Do we have a problem with this area? Or, you know, it makes us look at our own, our own stuff comes to the surface, doesn't it? Listen, I, I know I'm probably biased, and I say this often, but we've got an amazing church here. This, you all, you. You are some amazing people, and I, I say that not to hopefully doesn't puff up your pride or anything, but it's because God is, is working through you in such a way that it's, it's visible. Not just to us in this room, but to people that, that are outside. I'll never forget when we left the Best Western and uh, Francis, as I say goodbye, the last, you know, he starts crying. The, the bell guy, the bellhop, if some of you know who he is. And it, it just broke my heart. But we impact people all the time. At this place, people are watching. Are we any different than any other meeting that happens in this place? Do we smile a little bigger? Do we have something more to offer that's maybe they're not sure what it is? Are we carrying ourselves in such a way that's bringing glory to God. And like I said before, you know, one of the greatest ways to, to, to show people the love of Christ is by how we love each other. How are we ever going to love the unlovable? How are we ever going to be able to reach out to, to somebody that's mean and ugly and just bad 
if we can't love each other within this room and be there for each other. And this is why, you know, this is the way God designed it. We're a body, not a pile of parts, but we're a body linked together, working together, ministering to one another. Because the reality is if I cut my hand here, my hand doesn't heal itself. All the other stuff in the body and Dr. Joshua could probably explain this better, but everything's sent to that place so that it can heal, right? You can't heal yourself. First, God is the only one that can heal you, but you don't have to do it alone. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we once again thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for, God, this message you've spoken, this reminder of just who we are. How can we ever accomplish what we're supposed to do if we do not truly understand who we are? And that is, we are the church. We are your people. God, I pray for those here today that are hurting. Because when they are hurting, we are hurting as a body. God, I just pray that you would minister to those here today in this place that find themselves in challenging circumstances. And God, I pray for those of us who perhaps have just been so busy or maybe just not stopped to to take notice, Lord, of those hurting around us, but that, God, you would just give us eyes to see where there's pain, where there's struggle. God, that you would speak to our hearts ways to just minister to people whether it's through a small gift, just some time, God, a prayer, Lord, meeting with them on a regular basis, God, whatever it is, God, I pray that you'll use us to accomplish your will for your glory. God, that we would live our lives out in such a way that our love for each other shines to the world around us, that people see that we are different, that we are Christians, that we are part of the body of Christ. So Lord, we again just turn ourselves over to you, Father, to be used as vessels. God, while you've called us to go out into all the world, you've first called us here to bear one another's burdens. And let us never put more weight on one side or the other. We don't want to come to the place where all we know are Christians in our life, where we've isolated ourselves from the the world because you've not told us to do that. But God, also let us not just focus so much outward that we don't see that when there's hurting and pain within your body. Thank you, Lord, that we continue to be personally responsible and mutually accountable. Lord, we thank you for this time today and that you've spoken to us in Jesus' name. Amen.